Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. You're disappointed. Why are you disappointed? In myself. Why? You're doing great. Aw, thank you. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, My name is David Bell. And I'm Hannah Michaels. And we just watched Heather's. Heather's. Nice, we did it at the same time. Twinsies. Heather Chandler. Heather McNamara. Heather Duke. Veronica Sawyer. Why are you such a mega brat? Because I can be. The most powerful clique at Westerberg. Not Veronica. Drool much? Most people would die to get into it. Heather number one just looked right at me. I'm worshipped Westerberg, and I'm only a junior. Veronica would kill to get out of it. You were nothing before you met me. You were a Girl Scout cookie. Why would you run sure about your name? Oh, um, if you grow up with an unusual first or last name, uh, you always say it like it's a question mark because people question it enough. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just. So you're not like, that is my name? Like, you're not, you're not. I mean. Unsure. People have asked me if I'm just Hannah and trying to sound exotic a lot. So I, I have like asked for my birth certificate before. It is in fact Hannah. Yes. Um, well, thank you for being on this wonderful episode. This is kind of a bonus episode just because we're coming out of the holiday break. And so this is actually pre-recorded. That's the magic of, uh, uh, I don't know. Podcasting? Uh, Podcasting. Thank you. That's the industry. (laughs) Thank you for identifying it. I couldn't. Uh, and I, I thought this would be a fun one because, uh, Hannah, you showed me this movie for the first time in my life. Yes. Uh, just last year. Uh, before we get into it, I also, uh, do you have anything you want to plug just at the start of this, just to get it, get it out of the way? Sure. Well, at this point in time, uh, before the new year, it seems like Twitter is maybe dying. Right. So on Instagram and TikTok, I am also at H-A-N-A-M-I-C-H-E-L-S. And because I don't think anyone else will take that, when I get invited to post, I'll probably be that too. Right. Yeah, I'm on post. I'm rocking post. There's no one there. (laughs) And Hive is now scary. Mastodon, I didn't even try. Oh, no, Uh, I can't. I can't. No. But uh, yeah, okay. Heathers. Heathers, a movie I hadn't seen. And I I was shocked by this. I was shocked by this because... During all the movie nights, we watched a bunch of... And I understand movie night is partly so we can talk over the movie, so it can't be like a good movie. But um, you, we had watched all of the movies in which Christian Slater's shtick does not work. And you hadn't seen the one in which it does. 
his dick works in oh i guess we didn't i was gonna say pump up the volume his dick works but we had we haven't watched pump up the volume no uh, it, yeah i i i uh, listen I think he fucks in cuffs, honey. <laughs> I think he technically does. Uh, we would we, we watched a lot of the the, the shitty ones, gleaming the cube. Yes, uh, I grew up with pump up the volume. Uh, I'm, this is a good starting place because Christian Slater, I would argue, plays a great edge lord. Yes, a great edge lord. Yes, um, for you better can, for worse. And you can see why a teenager, or you know like a, a teenage version of yourself would fall for this and why as an adult you would absolutely see the red flags coming out the gate yes because christian slater is always his entire career has been a, like his shtick which i'm not i'm not knocking christian slater like i grew up on pump up the volume i know the value of christian slater but his whole shtick was that he kind of speaks like a 50 year old actor yeah. To the point that he sounded like Jack Nicholson, but also the things he always had that like, uh, uh, he's going to say like adult things that seem adult uh, in his younger career. And that's what made him such a good edge lord uh, is that you could really like see, yeah, how yeah. this guy could seem mature and cool and this, when you're young. And this film is, is, is really prescient. There are moments where you realize that it is unintentionally predicting what happens to American schools. Yes. It also, it, I would say, it, it, it set, I think, I, I, I haven't looked into this, but it feels like this movie, when does this made, Heathers? It feels like it was like 87. If Tom was here, he'd be yelling out the answer right now. Um, it can't be because the, of the line, bulimia is so 87. So it's got to be 88. Yeah. It's 88. Uh, Winona Ryder, of course, is killing it in this. We'll get to that. Yeah, but uh, she's it, amazing. It it's, feels before its time where it led to movies like Tragedy Girls or Thoroughbreds. Um, this this genre of like or like Jawbreaker, of like the mean girl high school shit, but like a lot darker. Yeah. And I, when we were watching this, I was saying that I think it also inspired the Harley Quinn show because what I realized watching this is that young Christian Slater. Could have played the Joker easily, easily, easily. Yeah. He would have been great, honestly, because he has that nuance of like seeming. I don't. I don't know how to phrase this. It's it's it seems cool unless you're an adult. You can see why someone would fall for that if they were vulnerable. Yes, the version of Joker I'm thinking is Joker as. A real bad guy, not your Heath Ledger's, more no. like your Jared Leto's, where it's like, ooh, I don't, I, I legitimately don't like this guy. Yeah, um, but you can also, same, I think, what the Jared Leto Joker is missing is that you can't see why someone who is in a vulnerable state would fall for that Joker. That's true. Yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah, a sure. there's a very fine line, and I think this Christian Slater character toes that line. He absolutely does. Uh, this is also, uh, speaking of which, the writer of Batman Returns, which I didn't realize, they also wrote Demolition Man. He also wrote Hudson Hawk, which you don't, you haven't seen, and I'm going to have to seen. make you watch it. I don't think you'll like Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk, it's also the director of Hudson Hawk. And uh, what I realized is that like Heather's is a very big swing in the way it's made and written. Yes. And it just, it, I think that it, I, I didn't look up like how well it did, but boy. This works so much better 
compared to something like Hudson Hawk. This is like a very dark and I would argue like a surreal comedy. Yeah, it's, it's very shot- surreal. The The funeral yeah. scenes are even the ones that aren't a dream sequence. They're very surreal, like the football players getting getting buried in their football uniforms because that's all their families see them as. And even there's a moment in I, I don't want to spoil it. Well, people are listening. They're gonna. We're gonna spoil this movie. Yeah, that's yeah. just gonna happen. Well, they um, the parents think that because of the way that the football players died, that they were gay, and the Christian Slater character makes it actually a good point. He turns to Winona Ryder and says, "How do you think he would act uh, towards a son with a limp wrist and a pulse?" Which right. I the, mean, the yeah. phrasing is very eighties, but the point. I mean, oh, yeah. the point is, there's a big it's a big theme of this movie, which also I, I feel like John Waters. It reminds me of John Waters a lot. That might be uh, why I film. like this movie so much. Oh, yeah, because it, it feels like it's shot almost like a John Waters. And it also um, uh, it, it, it's just dealing with a lot of this like like suburban hypocrisy. Yes. Uh, where like for people who don't realize or who are listening to this, having not watched Heather's, you should watch Heather's. Yeah. Um, and that's it's about a group. Oh sorry. oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that's John Waters whole shtick is his characters can do no wrong unless they are hypocrites, unless they dabble in shame and deception. His characters yeah. can do no wrong. So that's yeah. kind of his whole thing is suburban hypocrisy. Yeah, hypocrisy is like the worst thing in his book. Do you want to actually explain uh, this movie? I, it doesn't. It, we don't have to go big into it, but uh, if you want to just do a, a rundown of the plot, um, I can also do it. it, it I think matter. you should do it because my my brain doesn't do linear. Sure. Uh, so to make it short, this is a a film about a group of like mean girls, basically popular girls. They're all ca- named Heather. Uh, and then we have uh, Winona Ryder's character, Veronica, and she is kind of, she's like part of this group, and she clearly doesn't want to be. She, as she says, it, I feel like being popular is like a job, is at one point she says. Uh, and um, so she's very much unhappy with her situation in this school, which is very much your like typical stereotype high school, where the jocks are bullies. And, you know, and the cheerleaders are the popular girls and they're all very vapid. And she meets Christian Slater, who's like the new kid who's very edgy. He whips out a real gun during uh, lunch and fires blanks at the kids. And she finds that very fascinating. The school, I would say, unrealistically doesn't expel him. Well, this is the 80s before all the school shootings. He's also wearing a black trench coat during the entire... Uh, they they have a part where someone says, "I can't believe they didn't expel them." Yeah, like yes. I think the movie, uh, the movie is cartoonish, and what it I is. mean by that is, it, it it's the adults are depicted as sort of satirical. It's it's yeah. kind of almost a dystopian film. The adults are very stuck in their routines. In that 
his dad is like a cartoonish monster and they have this whole shtick where they call each Christian other Christian Slater's dad yeah right? Christian Slater's yeah. dad dad and son whereas Winona Ryder's parents uh, like they repeat themselves on multiple occasions they repeat the same interactions over and over again where the dad's like someone tell me why I do this someone tell me why I read these spy novels someone tell right. me why I smoke these darn things and Winona says because you're an idiot each time and then the mother yeah. always goes you too and it's just just right. such a cartoon of a suburban family. Yeah, it's heightened reality. And I, I would you agree that it's kind of a dystopian film, the way something like Brazil is, where it's that it's these characters kind of stuck in a system yes. that is cartoonishly oppressive uh, in this very specific way, where it's it's not it's, unrealistic. Yeah, it's hard to see it as dystopian now because it's kind of closer to reality. Um, for sure. I would say, but it is it is dystopian for sure. It's it's again heightened reality. We're like so what what starts happening is um Christian Slater convinces uh Winona Ryder to well he pulls a to pull a prank on the first the main Heather and he seemingly accidentally poisons her. Although it's pretty clear that he does it on purpose. Uh, well, it and becomes she clear dies. later, which I think they do a very good job of. Yeah. But basically what keeps happening is um, Christian Slater keeps uh, uh, urging Winona Ryder to join him in these pranks that kill other the popular kids. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't take too many for her to realize what's happening. Uh, but like you could argue part of her knows it and is still allowing it or is debating it or doesn't doesn't want to realize the truth. But yeah. they make it look like suicides. And so what happens is in the school, they start the staff starts glomming on to suicide awareness and it becomes this performative activism. Yes. Where where they're all like trying to one up each other about how concerned they are about suicide and suicide becomes very vogue in this school meanwhile there's a girl who is picked on she's overweight and like she's invisible the entire time yeah she doesn't winona, even have a line until the very end of the movie yeah winona Ryder slowly realizes that christian slater is a maniac is a supervillain. he is killing people and he doesn't care and then he plots at the end to blow up the entire school by blow because his dad is into demolitions and she it turns into like a thriller she like stops him at the end uh, and he has kind of a sad ending where like she stops him, she shoots him, he survives. He kind of reveals that he's lonely. I mean, you don't feel bad. You don't, you know, it doesn't excuse him, but he's a pathetic person by the end, I would say. Yeah. And he walks out and he blows himself up in front of the school and she lights her cigarette off of his explosion, yeah. which is something he does to her earlier. Yeah, he I like realize. yeah, yeah, she burns herself with a cigarette lighter when she realizes that they killed the two jocks and he lights his cigarette off of her burn. Yeah. Uh and so like the movie has a lot to say about like who like in the end really the only character because the last thing that happens with Noda Ryder is walking down the hallway, meets the girl who is who's bullied who actually has a suicide attempt earlier in the film and uh just befriends her and that's how it ends and like i would say the movie at the end is sort of pointing out of like this is the only person who actually fucking was a pure soul in all of this yeah and winona rider is her redemption is kind of realizing that it's not about like vengeance it's not necessarily about rebellion 
the best form of rebellion is to simply like change the tide. She also becomes main Heather. Yeah. She she ta- yeah, yeah, she takes over that yeah. position. The best form of rebellion is just being a decent person. I think Betty Finn was also kind of depicted as a decent person, but perhaps her obsession yeah. with popularity um is what is kind of what uh makes her less so than Martha Dunstock, who literally doesn't speak. Like, she literally does not get involved in high school, because that th- that might be the only way to survive high school as a decent person. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. She really strikes me as the person who is um, the, the only person that, like, I would hang out with as an adult. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Man, there's a lot here. Um... We can go, we can, yeah, we can start from the top a little more, but like, um, I, I guess I have a question for you, which is when did you first see this movie? I first saw it when I was in my early teens and I rewatched it in my twenties and the stark difference between the things I noticed in the rewatch and the things I didn't notice in my teens was, uh, it was so shocking. What were your thoughts of it as a teen? I'm very curious about that. I really enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it on a surface level of just a like fun, a superficial? dark comedy thriller. Um, yeah. I think I didn't really, I didn't really uh, notice how much nuance was put into uh, each of these characters and some of the lines. I, I noticed that more as an adult yeah it really feels god 88 because i'm i've been trying to think of like what did they know everything they were doing making this and it feels like they did there's even a part where christian Slater, like i guess i i'm really curious what the filmmakers thought of christian slater because my my read on him uh, like watching this movie one of the first things you start thinking is um oh it's they're trying to use high school as like an analogy for society right i mean he um, even says that he says people are gonna look at this to. yeah yeah is that at the end he says that he says high school is society uh but i don't i guess what i'm wondering is is that the movie agreeing with him or is the movie, is that more edgelord shit? Because it's the edgelord stuff where I'm like, like, it's sort of this movie. So the way it handles, um, like, uh, like we said, that there's a part where, so this, they, they kill the first Heather, they poison her. Uh, and then the second people are these two jocks and they, they're, they're homophobic. They're, they're really mean. And what they do is they, um, they, she promises to have sex with them, I believe, in the park. Yeah. And they go and then Christian Slater tells her that they're using these bullets that aren't going to hurt them or just going to pierce the skin when the reality is that, yeah, this is absolutely going to kill them, which is where I'm thinking, like, how does she not realize that is the idea? Do you think she genuinely like doesn't realize? I think that at, he's- at this point, she's in denial. There are several periods where she's writing in her diary. I have no control over myself when I'm with him. I think that this is her first experience of infatuation and intense attraction. Right. And she is not prepared to handle those feelings. And that 
So she's she's full on in denial. There's a part of her that knows and there's a part of her that does not know. When you saw this as a teen, was Christian Slater attractive? Uh, the character, in the very, I rather? In the very beginning. So when he's saying greetings and salutations and all that shit, like that's... I mean, that's as an talk. adult, that's disgusting. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like, I'm watching Pump Up the Volume. If people haven't seen Pump Up the Volume, I love this era of Christian Slater. He played in Pump Up the... Have you, hun, have you seen Pump Up the Volume? I already told you no. Okay, sorry. Really? No, it's okay. It's just every single day we have an interaction where you ask me if I've seen a movie and I say no. <laughs> that's fair. And you haven't seen Hudson Hawk. Pump Up the Volume is Christian... It's... Man, I think you'd really like Pump Up the Volume. So... It's about Christian Slater is a boy who moves around a lot and he's in this new town and it's in the middle of nowhere and he becomes a a pirate radio DJ. So he's broadcasting unofficially to all the teens in the neighborhood and he's using a voice changer and Mm -hmm. he becomes the voice of a revolution. He, He embraces masturbation and sexuality and and rebellion. And he um, is a bit of an edgelord. And so part it's a of his very arc, boomer movie. Yeah. Well, part of his arc is that he's a bit of an edgelord. Like he, right. he really at one point this kid calls in and uh, sorry, this isn't too much of spoilers, but a kid calls in and says he's, he's contemplating suicide and Christian Bale uses it to like go off on a rant about suicide and then finds out the next day the killed the kid killed himself and realizes like, I didn't even tell him not to do it. You said bail, <laughs> like, by I didn't the even, way. I didn't even talk him down. I just used him as like a, as a podium, you know? Yeah. So there is... Like, and that it is, happens uh, in this movie too. Yes. that The whole movie is kind of about that. Yeah. But there's like, one of the Heathers calls into a radio show and says she is genuinely feeling suicidal and they don't take her seriously. And the whole movie is about how adults are not taking these teens seriously or one aspect of the movie is that they are not taking these teens seriously and they are in fact kind of reveling in their pain right later the teacher says like deciding whether or not to kill yourself is like a serious choice for a young lady or something like that oh it's so good but no prop of the volume i I guess what i was getting at is that it's he's basically the less violent version of this character and watching that growing up, I thought he was the coolest fucking person in the world. And I really want to rewatch that movie now as an adult and see if it holds up. Yeah. Because he, the, whole, the whole thing about him in Heathers is that he's not wrong, especially in the, in the way this world is presenting everything around it. Um, he's not wrong that there's something deeply wrong with the situation at the school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just that what you realize at the end is that he's just as he, the like the thing that makes him broken is the same as everybody else. I would argue. Yeah. yeah. Which is like loneliness and the need for approval. Yeah. Yeah. And he is absolutely just a carbon copy of his father who does demolitions for a living and construction, presumably. But we only see the demolitions because that's what he revels in. Right. His father's a bully. Like and what it becomes clear is that like. Yeah, everybody. It feels like everybody at the school is like a rich kid, right? A lot I, of. Them, I don't know yeah. if that's actually true. Is the, the yeah the circle we're seeing? 
Yes. Is all rich kids. And uh, yeah, they are definitely trying to make this feeling of like, this is like society. To uh, I mean, uh, all right, was this a style at the time? You would you would know any, you wouldn't know any more than me. They, they all dress like business women and they're playing fucking crochet. And I was like, what, what the fuck is this? Croquet. Yeah. Um, I. Croquet. Sorry. I yeah. don't think croquet was ever popular with high school students. I think that's just another way to scream suburban rich kid. Um, right. I do think shoulder pads were much more universal than they are today. Right. But yeah, there's this feeling of like networking between them, right? Yeah. Where it's it's the first the first Heather scene is basically well the first and that's how I felt going to like a private high school and stuff. And my brother came out of that with such a network, and I came out of that with like no idea how to network and no idea like I feel like I I did I wasted my privilege because I don't know how to network, and I feel like most Mm. of these kids they start at that age if not younger if not younger and it's freaky it's freaky it's upsetting about that because and maybe this is part of why christian bale is the person he or i'll I'll get into it but like christian bale slater christian slater moves around a lot yeah um is part of it so he doesn't have this Uh, people listening i want to know the answer to this because personally uh i didn't get anything out of high school and what i mean by that is I have a few friends that I knew from high school, for sure. My oldest friend, though, who I've known since second grade, I never actually went to school with him for very long. Just like a year, and we went to different schools. And I guess what I'm getting at is that once you hit 30, it really feels like high school, especially. And even college, for some in some cases, not all cases, obviously, like it didn't matter. Like there's a part in this where the one of the Heather says she's talking about when she calls into the radio station when she's listing things that's wrong she says I'm getting a D and or I'm failing math yeah and it's very funny to me that that would be a problem that anybody could stress out about you know yeah but when you're in the moment that's huge and all of these adults are right. stressing that that's your entire future and so like this pressure to network like this specific type of high school like you just said you went to a a, a private school you went to a school where like this was a thing more I, so i went to and, the like, hippie run version with all the kids who didn't get into the other like the <laughs> college prep private school so it was less so i feel like my brother really went to the school where networking was a huge thing and does he still know do you know if he still knows those yes people, some of them yes and i feel That's like wild i feel like If you go into certain professions and if you don't, uh, I don't want to, I don't think you're wrong. I just don't move on in a certain way. Then yes, high school is very important. Part of my, but for most people, high school does not fucking matter. Right. That's I, I it's I went to a fucking performance arts charter high school. So what I'm realizing is like, it's really hard for me to watch these and know how realistic they are. In terms of that stuff, because, yeah, basically it's like a networking group where they're they're talking about their futures and their yeah, future is you, tied socially to each other. You also realize that these are highly gender normative um, um, in the 80s. So I think that this type of networking is absolutely useless for those girls. Right. Um, 
it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like the Romy and Michelle uh popular girl click in the same exact way. It's it takes place in the eighties and one of the girls completely leaves the group to have a career and the others don't have careers. Right. It's such an exhausting idea. Yes. The high school click stuff where I'm like, I can't imagine it. And like, I, it doesn't feel real to me. Yes. And it and doesn't feel sort of, real to me either, but I feel like that is how some popular people feel. Yeah. You're, I think you're probably right. I think, it's just, and I mean, this is a, a cliche, obviously, the peaking in high school stuff. It just feels like if you really strength, like front load your anxieties like that into high school, it's just going to get real uh, real dark before it gets better. Um, but again, I'm, I'm sure there's people who had a perfectly fine time in high school and came out of it well-adjusted. It's just, it's hard because all the movies written about high school are written by people like us. Yes. And I would say that the people we relate like i'm not saying i would say that there are some people who toe that line who are popular because they are genuinely nice and they have creative passions and they happen to be conventionally attractive but the reason they're popular is because they're super nice and there are people like that who could end up writing one of these movies but for the most part it's people like us yeah that's the thing i have this optimistic view of the popular kid and i think a lot of popular kids in high school and I experienced this, but again, I went to like a hippie charter school um, is actually one of the nicer people because to be popular, you have to be liked. You can't be a bully. That doesn't make you popular. Bullies are actually tend to be not so popular. I would argue. I would um, say part, some of this uh, high school trope is there's definitely a level of condescension that comes with some popular cliques and some popular kids, but I would say some of this trope is definitely projection. Yeah. So if I had to say what character out of this movie I relate to the most, everybody wants to say they're the, um, you know, her name, the overweight girl at who's Martha doesn't say anything. Martha. Everybody wants to say I'm Martha. I, I think honestly, the, the character I'm probably the closest to in this age was fucking Christian Slater. Sadly, I wasn't a maniac, but I wore a trench coat and I was a real edgelord in high school. Same. Uh, of course I was. Yeah. Same. I and mean, I, 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 and I said some things that looking back, like I was a fucking asshole. Like right, I did not understand social nuance or intersectionality or certain things that today, like I just, I, I would be humiliated by never intending to hurt people like Christian Slater, but certainly being an ignorant asshole. Right. Going back to like what this movie, if this movie is self-aware, like he is, he's the villain at the end. But they don't make them that pathetic, not as much as I'm... I, I wonder if... It, it's that idea of like, okay, most average high schools, there's no sociopath who's going to blow up the school. But if there were, who would that person be? And they chose the edgy kid. Yes. The kid who's who who's like uh, kind who of a... Seems like he's being bullied, but is in fact the bully, which is a- absolutely yeah. right, which is absolutely exactly accurate. I think so, because the, the stuff... So... The stuff that we haven't talked about is like, he's very rapey to Winona Ryder near the end. He starts grabbing her and like he's doing, and I think that was intentional. And that's why it's so interesting. Uh, This all, sorry, we had a tangent before about 
them shooting the two jocks and the idea is they make them out to be gay lovers is that what they make their suicide note yeah and so it becomes this thing where there's a guy the dad is in there yelling i love my dead gay son and the idea as as you pointed out the christian slater says is like he wouldn't be so accepting if he was alive yeah and that is that is a very cynical but i would say accurate uh uh portrayal of like performative uh what would be called I'm, performative yeah. wokeness today i mean it's uh, an ohio suburb in 88 yeah um and so there's definitely that cynical level to it that they're trying to point out that christian slater is exposing hypocrisy um but of course in that scene he says it to her she laughs and then she looks over to see the little sister crying yes. and realizes like no this mad that like this means something. And so like, yeah, there's, what a, the movie ultimately, there's a time and place to say that he has no nuance to him, no sensitivity to him. He may be logically accurate, but he has absolutely no compassion. And his solution is hor- horrible. Yeah. It's one of the things I think uh, in the age of like Twitter and stuff, people will often forget which is like people start getting so bogged down with their own side. Like I always think of when Madison Cawthorn, who is a terrible person. Yes. Um, I know had, exactly. Yes. Yeah. He had those images come out of him in lingerie and occupied Democrats was like, look at these pictures. He should resign. And it was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like he should resign for wearing lingerie. What the fuck are you talking about? Occupied Democrats. It's that where it's like, he yes he's a bad person but when we get so like like this when we start getting in that cycle we just yeah. become the bullies yeah and, I think and they, when we get so bogged down in pointing out hypocrisy without uh highlighting the fact that that's what we're trying to do we end up being reinforcing the hypocritical belief right you pointed out when we were watching this like the two jocks that get killed when they're on their cow tipping date the one in the background is like forcing himself on that on the girl, right? Yeah, and I don't know if that was an actor choice or if that was in the script, but the fact that Winona Ryder I... and Christian Slater just ride off is like Yeah, it makes them shitty people. Yeah, and it's and she sort of realize you know, she has an arc in this movie where she, you know, is the one who stops that Heather from committing suicide. And um I genuinely she, think it was uh, they. It wasn't improvised. I think that was a choice, because it's exactly what you're saying here, right? Is it's pointing out that they don't actually give a shit. Yeah. About yeah. kindness. The beginning that's, of the film, she does not give a fuck about other people. Yeah, that's Veronica's arc, and also I think this movie draws a very clear line where whenever the movie says if a guy grabs a woman and like forces a kiss on her that's a shitty guy yeah and so the moment you start realizing or christian he, slater is bad he, grabs, he starts doing uh, that to her yeah or if he grabs you know a nerd and starts saying homophobic shit same thing right and it's yeah it's this it's a bullying thing it's consent it's being shitty and so like that's when they start you start realizing christian slater is a bully as well because he starts acting that way towards veronica he starts becoming possessive yes um uh, and it works really well and then you, to show that, yeah. like... And, and this you is realize a- he was stalking her the whole time, when it, which is very much what happens in the arc of an abusive relationship, where you realize previous right. behaviors were red flags. Um, oh, yeah. They did such a good job at that. Yeah. Because 
it's so he is i would say the equivalent of the manic pixie dream girl trope um where he for example he does a very common 80s thing in this movie he takes a ladder and he goes through a window right and when you're first watching it the movie wants you to think it's cute right uh and and that's what this is why this movie feels ahead of its time is that it's doing romantic comedy tropes that were seen as cute at the time yes so the audience is not like is not necessarily flagging it you know today's audience like would flag it yeah um but by the end you realize like oh she can't escape him yeah he keeps coming in through his her window yeah um that's i thought really fucking good yeah and i think the i don't know i don't think there was like an epidemic of school violence at the time i mean i don't know black trench coat aside that was not an epidemic and this film treats these suicides like an epidemic and you know christian slater even points out the media loves this shit the media loves when teenagers hurt themselves like this there was the satanic panic stuff. Other. Like I, yeah, they're yep, they're yep, playing yep. off they're playing off of the idea that the media absolutely did these teen panics because it's it's sort of like throughout the uh, since the media has existed, policies and shitty beliefs have been funneled through cons- fake concern for kids, right? Yes, yes, and that's where we get the performative wokeness as well because performative concern it is most damaging, I think, when it's centered around children. Think QAnon, you know? Who doesn't yeah. want to protect kids? But it's never really about that. It's about adults being selfish and using kids for their own agenda. Right, and I don't think this is specifically about leftist performativeness no it's about Um, everyone it's about every adult yeah it's about using concern as a tool as a weapon yeah basically to for attention um or to push a cause or to hate a certain group of people um yeah it's uh yeah and so again it feels very it it really does i i keep saying it feels ahead of its time but i think it's more of just that the realization that people are aware of these things or have been for a while, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And it just, it depends on who's telling the story, I guess. And the person telling the story seemed to have be plugged in to it, uh, which is again, weird because they wrote demolition man and Hudson <laughs> Hawk demolition man. You, so you haven't seen demolition have man, not. right? I think you'd find that interesting as a, comp- a companion piece because Demolition Man. Now I'm starting to wonder if Demolition Man was written like this, and then Sylvester Stallone got the script and it turned into an action movie. Because mm. Demolition Man is about uh, uh, it, it. It is also a commentary on a trope. Like I would say, this movie is a is a commentary on teen comedies. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a specifically teen romantic comedies. Yeah, Demolition Man is kind of that too, which is it starts with like a Rambo type. Uh, Sylvester Stallone plays like this, you know, this guy who's just murdering people left and right. Uh, It's Los Angeles in 1998 and everything's on fire. Uh, And then he gets frozen because. uh, Oh, I have seen Demolition Man. Wait, what? I have seen it. Well, there you go. Yeah. And so when he goes to Los Angeles in the future, it's like a nanny state and it's very much like. It feels very libertarian. 
Yeah. Where it's like the underground people are the only ones who get to smoke cigarettes and eat meat. And they're led by Dennis Leary, who does like a tight five on on being yeah. wanting to be allowed to do stuff. So it, it, it's it's very it's just interesting seeing Heather's and seeing this where like there's definitely like they both are like kind of taking the piss out of um like leftist stuff. Um, as much as anything else, as much as like I don't think conservatives is, is particularly taking the piss out of leftism. Um, I, well, I was going to say, I don't think demolition man is either, but there definitely feels to be this like tinge of like, again, where it's like the art teacher and like the, it, it's, it's a lot more about like, but she's concern. Yeah. And that's what demolition man is too. And like demolition man is way more libertarian. Cause it's about, a future where like swearing is not a yeah demolition allowed, you know? man was exhausting yeah but it i think it's i it's felt like i was spending of... time with someone else's dad for way too long <laughs> yeah but like isn't that weird like it's it, it, it just feels like there's tinges of the same uh like both movies are definitely trying to say something about yeah. society I mean, I, I I think maybe I turned a blind eye because I would consider myself a leftist, but I also hate hippies. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And that, that's the thing is like Demolition Man is also one where you watch and you're like, yeah, no, I agree. If this was the future, yeah, it if, would be bad. If this was it's, any sort of possibility and maybe it was written like that. I don't it's know. It's kind of a it's a straw man argument. And yeah. I would argue there's a little of that in this movie, too. But I don't think the movie's not aware of that that's why i was saying this is like a dystopian film where it's exaggerated reality and i think that the oddly enough the straw man turned out to be a little more accurate than they intended yes um the the fact that a trench coat wearing edgelord you know bombs up a school is uh yes i would argue the way they treat adults in this is a little unfair to adults now being one uh where it's the i i get it i get what they're doing again it, it makes a lot of sense i think it's like, specifically it's, adults in the way that they treat children i do think that's accurate yes. and the, there's parts where winona Ryder says that to them yeah uh like i just want to be treated like a human being um and I, again it, it's they sort of the adults sort of need to be like this because the whole point is that she's kind of trapped there's no one for her to turn to yeah. uh, and the adults are all just so they're so like the selfish one time she and when with her the mom says yeah. and when her mom says when teenagers complain that um they're not being treated like human beings it's usually because they are being treated like human beings and i think the adult world is very selfish yeah yeah and it's a, it's a good depiction of adults from the perspective of kids yeah um, which is why I think it's exaggerated. Um, yeah. I mean, I think society in general, especially, you know, this Reagan era, rich suburbia is very selfish. Right. So I don't. They also. Yeah. Oh, I would say also the idea at the end is Christian Slater doesn't just blow up the school or tries to. He cre- he fakes a mass suicide note. Yes. And in the world of this movie. You believe that the adults would buy that. 
Mm-hmm. That's like that's the thing is they have to make the adults so cartoonishly in their own bullshit. Yeah, that that's a believable scheme, and it yeah. is by the end. And it is, and watching it with modern eyes again, you think, well, cops are lazy as fuck. They would right. if if they saw a suicide note, they would probably close the case despite protestations of the family. Right, for sure. I think. Yeah, um, again, there's a there's a lot of little things in this that's just like, ah, oh, I hate. I hate that that's uh, more accurate than it thinks it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The fact that the cop takes out the mineral water and is like, oh, damn, they were gay. They use the word that's not gay. But yeah, um, like that's. The way this movie, uh, it feels a little ahead of its time with the way they're dealing with. They never. It's not perfect, but they're basically playing off of people's stereotypes. Yes. Like the mineral water joke is obviously supposed to be over the top, yes. which is like, I'm going to plant evidence they point on out these that footballers. It's over the top. Yeah, I'm planting evidence that they're gay. So one of the things is mineral water. And then, yeah, the cop sees it and he's like, oh, oh they were gay. Yeah. And the whole <laughs> and thing like, is Winona Ryder pointed that out being like, mineral water? Come on. A lot of people drink that. Right. There's no representation of an actual gay character in this, which is why it's like a little like, I, I don't know if it needed it, but it, it's. You know, there's there's characters who depicted as being homophobic, and the whole point is that they're bad. Yeah, for, you know, so never it does it feel like it's punching down um, at gay people. The language is like, dated, but it does it does feel like punching up at society. Yeah, it's one of those things where the language is dated but accurate. Yes, you know, they use a specific the slur yes. that they would in fact use. Uh, and I would argue some bullies would use today as yeah. well, you know. Um, so that's that's the feeling of it. It's like it never has like a stereotypical gay character or it never like the gay being gay is never like like the idea that making the footballers gay. What made it interesting is that that is the butt of the joke. But the butt of the joke isn't that they're gay. The butt of the joke is that the community then supports it. Um, and that these two footballers who are deeply homophobic yeah. are being depicted that way. It's not perfect still. Yeah. Like, I would say. And it's, I think it's... they needed to point out that, no, the community would not support this if they were alive. Yes. And I'm glad they did. But I would say, yeah, that situation isn't perfect. It's kind of like when people revel that, like, um, uh, that, uh, like, people say anti-gay activists are secretly gay. Yeah. It's like are you using that as an insult? Like, why does that, you know, why it's yeah, weird like the, that yeah. we're obsessed with that? Yeah. And, and sometimes it's, it's true. Uh, people project their own insecurities onto others, but you get so sick of it when it's like every single time someone levies that and it's like, well, are you homophobic? Like, what are right, you it starts projecting? Becoming like, a, like what a is weapon? Yeah. 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 It's, it, it's weird. Some people are just bigots. Right. And it, you could argue that the movie is aware of that, of like, yeah, in the end, they're doing they're kind of doing the same thing that these bullies did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Christian Slater is a bully. It's it's very yeah. much the accurate archetype of a school shooter or a gamer gator or an incel, someone who thinks they are oppressed, but is in fact oppressive. Right. And like, yeah, they do a good job at explaining why he is that way, because yeah. he's look at his father. You look at they explain that his mother were, killed herself yeah, by if, blowing herself up. If he were alive today, he'd be a proud boy. 
Yes, exactly. And no doubt about it. That's what makes it so good. Is like, but they show like, yeah, he moves around a lot. He's lonely. He's cynical. His dad is a bad person. His mom, the only person that he remembers caring about is dead. He feels like the world oppressed him. Yeah. And it makes him like, uh, you know, like, a, again, a, he is a sad person. Yeah. But it, his decision, it, it's the idea is that it, Winona Ryder yeah. could be him. Yes. And that's and that's the idea is like, she he didn't has start to be this faced way. with him in order to decide that's not how she wants to be. Right. Like with like the uh, the initial idea, him pulling out a gun interests her. Yeah. And intrigues her. Yeah. And so her arc is like almost going to the, the letting the negativity, letting the hypocrisy, letting it turn her into a villain. Um, in the end, the, the moral of the movie is basically like, no, kindness. Kindness is it. Yeah. That's the only way to fight back. Mm-hmm. Uh, or one of or the biggest way or the best way, you know? Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. I mean, I think that the way that they treated Winona Ryder as a, like, privileged straight white girl um, who has to literally be faced with the implications of what she's okay with, um, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, That's an arc that a lot of people go through. Yeah, I could believe that. Um, Yeah, it's a... yeah, I, I'm. I, it's wild that I didn't see this until I was older, but I'm kind of glad too. Yeah, I think uh, that you notice different things watching this as an adult. Yeah, and I'm really excited to watch Pump Up the Volume with you. <laughs> I that's a movie I haven't seen since I was a teenager, so it might be really embarrassing now. But uh, we'll find out. I mean, I was embarrassed when I watched this again, but I also loved it more. Yeah. Oh, this is great. I think this is this era of movies. Again, Hudson Hawk, same writer, uh, and Christian Slater with like even cuffs. I'm even going to throw cuffs in this. <laughs> um, is that fucking they took, cuffs? Well, big swings. I would say yep. this is a lot of big swings. Definitely and big most swings. Of them, yeah. And you look back at some of these and you're like, what the fuck were they thinking? Yeah. And then you look at this one and you're like, oh, okay. Like it kind of takes the right combination of the right director. Because this, this felt like, again, John Waters, um, I would even say has a little lynch in it. Mm-hmm. The first scene we didn't even talk about feels like it's a dream, but never explicitly says it. Yes. Which is it's the Heathers playing croquet, and then um, uh, one of them hits the ball, and you see that Winona Ryder is buried up to her neck, and the ball hits her in the head. And then the credits start, and you never they never say if that's real or not. Yeah. And you don't really need to know like that style of filmmaking that could have been a hazing initiation in order for her to be part of the group or that could have been a dream. We don't need to know. Doesn't matter. I love that style. Like when shit used to be like a little more off the wall Uh, and like unapologetically. So me too. I love it so much. Um, I, I love a movie that you can watch again and experience differently. Yeah, that is also good. And and you notice different things, even a TV show, even small things like set design, like just tiny little things that people care enough to put in little little bits of dialogue or little things in their movie that 
are not necessarily noticed upon first watch. Oh, yeah. I love it when a movie is handled with care. Yeah. Uh, with great care. Yeah, and this feels like one. This feels like a... I mean, I, I, this, I don't think this is underrated anymore. I no, feel like this anymore. is a classic. Yeah, this has it, definitely become a classic. I don't know how well it did at first. Um, yeah, I didn't look it up. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. We, we, we know it's, it's aged extremely well, so we know how it's perceived now. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters. And then we love Christian Slater. <laughs> well, I was just... He's the best. I was just stunned that you didn't see the one movie where his shtick works. Because that's like acting like an old man his when you're a kid works. is his such works an edgelord thing. I, oh, I, yeah, believe I, knew, you. I believe you. I haven't I, seen I, it. I knew high school. I knew the kids who had like a pipe. Yeah. And it's like, come oh, on, yeah. dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. For us, it was clove cigarettes. That was the thing. Ugh. Oh, I legitimately enjoy clove cigarettes, or it I was, did at the time. Yeah, it was very much um, an Igby goes down high school. Oh yeah, I never, I never smoked cloves like only cloves, but clove, cloves is how you begin smoking cigarettes. I don't know. That was the first cigarette I ever had was a clove cigarette, and they're sweet. They're sweet on your lips. Yeah, and like then, and that gets you into trash cigarettes. Yes, and next and thing you know, the, you're ordering cigarettes arc. from Ukraine because yeah. they're cheaper. And that's the arc because that's how you get cigarettes when you're under eighteen. Anyway, is they're really? trash. Well, either that or you have someone who looks eighteen buy them for you. Right, but yeah, I think the reason why yeah, clove cigarettes specifically is because you you get them from adult edge lords who are willing to give teen edge lord yes. cigarettes yes and they only smoke cloves yes american spirits was also a big one yep because a american lot of spirits. adult hedge lords are food handlers um yeah lucky strike was like more of the punk rock era like punk rock um we we adapted a lot of old like vet stuff like pbr or black label beer and lucky strikes like that yeah. was tended to be like the trash punk stuff i don't think you can find those here anymore i think that might yeah. be why um my cigarette of choice so because it was it was based off of finances yeah. was i believe they're called mustangs you got them at cumberland farms cumbies in, in in the east coast you guys don't have cumbies <laughs> here they if you smoked them long enough your tongue would turn black they tasted like a fucking they tasted like an old campfire i loved them so much yep um or rather, I love thinking about them. I don't think yeah. I actually enjoyed them. I don't think I actually enjoyed them either. I was a basic camel bitch because I had Graves' disease and looked much oh, younger. I, like I looked so much younger than I did that just being seen smoking a cigarette was enough. Um, I, I, when I was yeah. smoking, when I could afford it, it would be camels. Camel yeah. lights usually. Weirdly enough, Marlboro, Marlboro was like, that was like, high school football uh, cigarettes yes. where I'm just like, oh, that's the popular... No, that's, that's still... That's the right-wing, shitty, yeah. popular cowboy I, cigarettes. I'm I went to a those. lefty high school and I remember there was a um, there was a store where if you looked like a... There was like a store where you'd get um, you'd get your like lunch and stuff that was like kind of around the corner from the school where juniors and seniors had off-campus privileges and if you looked like a senior they would just sell you cigarettes and um right. they never had marlboros in stock because they knew it was a lefty high school and we didn't want to buy something with a cowboy on the box right it's really funny because in the end it's all a bunch of huge corporations yeah it didn't but matter yeah. it did it really doesn't matter um and yeah. i think um man 
I used to smoke. Um, this is some real Edge Lord, not Edge Lord, but I used to smoke. I think they're called Demoriers. They're French Canadian cigarettes. Uh, up in French Canada, I would say their cigarettes were better, but you'd only get them at like fancy See, places. You had or, access oh, to some, so much some... Canadian stuff that I just, yeah. you know, Southern California. I I had access to the Mexican sodas that are far superior yeah, you to the American versions of those sodas, but right. cigarettes, uh, not so much. Um, oh, or sorry, the 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 grand edge lord of them all is Dunhill cigarettes. That is the brand Hunter S. Thompson smoked, and so you'd smoke them if you're a little edge lord wanting to be a, like a writer. <laughs> that was uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh, you you would have loved Canadian cigarettes. They they the warning labels in Canada um, oh, take up yeah. half of they take up half of the cigarette, and they're like grotesque pictures of dead babies and stuff. And people used they were like or, trading cards, yeah, up or there. like a rotted uh, rotted lungs and shit. I've seen yeah. I've seen those boxes. Yeah, there were like rare ones that people were like proud to get. High <laughs> like schoolers are so fucking stupid. Oh God, yeah, they really are. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. Well, I I feel like we have n- nothing else to say. Do you, Do you have any other things to say about Heather's before we wrap this up? Um. Is that a no? I'm sure I'll think of it as soon as we uh, wrap this up. But oh, okay. at the moment, nothing's coming to me. Okay, that's fair. Anything else to say about cigarettes? <laughs> um. Uh, my dad found a pack in my purse when I was 16 and I had already been diagnosed with osteoporosis because Graves disease and he cried and I didn't pick up another cigarette until college and I socially smoked for a while, but that was it. Yeah, I, I, I was a weekend smoker a little bit. I smoked for a while and what did it? I hate to, I hate to say this, but it worked. Massachusetts and their terrible cigarette tax laws did it. So they, they basically like hammered down on cigarettes in Massachusetts before anything else, added insane taxes to it. And so I had to um, roll my own for a while and then they taxed that. So we started buying Ukrainian cigarettes that would come here in these like brown packages uh, and they tasted awful. And at that point, it was like, okay, why am I doing this? Right. Uh, what's the point of this? Like, yeah, I could drive up to New Hampshire because New Hampshire is the Texas of New England. And so they had like tax-free cigarettes. But to it do that this for thing an errand, was, that sounds like, oh, my God. Yeah, unless you're right on the border. So it became this thing where I was in my 20s and it was like, I'm not getting enough pleasure from this mm-hmm. for it to be worth it. Yeah, I might as well. You know what? You know what would solve this problem is quitting smoking. Yeah, I don't think people should be forced into that choice, but no, but it worked. I understand why that would work, and I think I think the labels are the the label thing is smarter. Um, it's better. It's just more. I'm giving you the information. You decide. Um. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, man. I don't yeah, know I don't either. want us to I mean, get maybe, to a nanny yeah, state no, future I mean, where we have to live in the underground with Dennis Leary and oh Jack Black. God. I, and they give out I tickets mean, I think for those swearing. labels can be more uh, um, nuanced, like talk about how the DuPont Corporation poisoned a bunch of people. Um, right. You know, talk about who you're supporting. But uh, obviously they can't do that. Yeah. You know, you, you know where the real coolness is now vaping. 
You got a vape. Like you're from the future. We did get into a vaping cycle during quarantine because we had like nothing we're from to the do. Future. Yep. Um, we looked like real douchebags inside <laughs> our home. <laughs> inside the comfort of our home. Yeah. Where the man couldn't come and regulate and us. Regulate That's us. the point of all of this. The point of all of this is that is uh, you know regulations are bad, and uh, we don't want a demolition <laughs> man future. So vote for Ron Paul. It's I do I I'm is honestly he a libertarian. I think so. I'm honestly very. Uh, I can't stand libertarians. I agree with them about drugs. I agree with them about drugs. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk about libertarians. We don't. We don't. We don't. We really don't. <laughs> I, I That's think, a whole other podcast. Yeah, I think their economic policies are trash. When it comes to drugs, yeah, social issue. Treat it like a social problem. Because mm-hmm, okay. drugs are cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, do you want to plug anything else at the at uh, the, the end of this? Um, I would say uh, we sh- should make a Twitter and TikTok and Instagram for our cats specifically, but we haven't done that yet. Okay. So well, that's we'll do that. A- oh, okay. Okay. When is this coming out? Ah. Uh, like like uh, in January. early January. Early January. Okay, so my Etsy shop is back open. That's Cat Butt Boutique. Um, it's not spelled like a pun. It's just Cat Butt Boutique. Like butt, like a butt. Um, like anus. Like anus. Like the anus. Yes, yes. I was inspired by kitten. Um, and uh, it's got a bunch of cool trinkets and fun stuff and garf which will probably be cheaper once it's open because I've been able to have an easier time printing them, which is Garfield octopuses. I've been 3D printing them. So yeah, check it out. Check it out. And uh, I'll plug uh, the Patreon. This is on Gamefully Unemployed, which we have a Patreon patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed g-a-m-e-f-u-l-o-y unemployed uh for just five dollars a month you get access to a bunch of podcasts exclusive on there such as tom and jeff watch batman fox Mulder is a maniac star trek the next futurama and spiel boys uh for a little more we watch movies every friday night with our patrons uh and then there's just a bunch of tiers you can check out so do that you can go to gamefullyunemployed.com and check out uh, a link to our merch store. We have some really cool shirts on there, so you should you should look, you should look. And um, and if, I don't know, you oh, can follow us gamefully un. We're on Twitter. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to to interrupt your no, important fine. plug. But um, if you are say talking to a cishet man or a younger person, um, show them this movie because they probably haven't seen it. And it's worth everyone's time. Yeah, definitely watch Heather's. I feel like that's a uh, that's a good yeah. Watch Heather's and Cuffs. <laughs> You're gonna throw Cuffs in there. Let's throw in Cuffs. <laughs> Everybody, check out Cuffs. This has been Cuffs Cast. <laughs> Signing off. How do you so watch long. Cuffs before Heather's? Cuffs. <laughs> <laughs>